Um, we're here to reflect. We're here to meditate on the word. And so to meditate on the word, I would encourage you to do two, th- th- sorry, three, three, three things. Goodness gracious. What's going on with me today? I want to encourage you to do, to do three things. I want you to ask the Lord, what is he revealing concerning himself? As you spend time in reading this word, I want you to ask the Lord, what is he, what is he revealing concerning people? And then the third question I want you to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? Okay. What are you revealing concerning me? So I want to encourage you guys as you spend time reading today, because we're reading through Daniel now. We, we've gone from Genesis and now we're in Daniel. Um, just ask the Lord to just speak to you, to speak to your heart, to um, attend to you today through his word. His word may have been written in antiquity, but it still is contemporary, even for this moment. And so let's get right to it. I'm going to pray and then we're going to get started. Um, Okay. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege that you've given us to come together to read your word. Father, I just pray, even in this moment, Lord, that you would um, speak to us. Lord, as we read this word, Father, um, increase in us, Lord that we may get to increase in the knowledge of who you are. Bless us in your word, Lord. Um, Allow us to submit to your wisdom and your authority and your insight. Father, not ours over yours, not our ways over your ways, but Father, I pray that this word would shape us, mold us, change something in us today. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Get right to it, fam. Chapter four. And it says this. Nebuchadnezzar the king, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High has worked for me. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid and the thoughts on my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore, I issued a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers came in, and I told them the dream, but they did not make known to me its interpretation. But at last, Daniel came before me. His name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God. In him is the spirit of the holy God. And I told him the dream before him, saying, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you and no secret troubles you. Explain to me the visions of my dream that I have seen and its interpretations. These were the visions of my head while on my bed. I was looking and behold a tree in the midst of the earth and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong. Its height reached the heavens and it could be seen 
to the ends of all the earth. Its leaves were lovely, its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it. The birds of the heavens dwelt in its branches, and all flesh was fed from it. I saw in the visions of my head while in, on my bed, and there was a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven. He cried aloud and said thus, Chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the bees get out from under it and the birds from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump and roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let them graze and let him graze with the beasts on the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from that of a man. Let him be given the heart of a beast and let seven times pass over him. This decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men. Sorry, let, let, in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men gives it to whomever he will and sets it over the lowest of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belteshazzar, declare its interpretation, since all the wise men of Babylon are not able to make known to me the interpretation. But you are able, for the spirit of the holy God is in you. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for a time, and his thoughts troubled him. So the king spoke and said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or the interpretation trouble you. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, may the dream concern those who hate you, and its interpretation concern your enemies. The tree that you saw, which grew and became strong, whose height reached to the heavens, which could have been seen by all the earth, whose leaves were lovely and its fruit abundant and which was food for all under which the beasts of the field dwelt and whose branches the birds of the heavens had their home. It is you, O king, who have grown and become strong for your greatness has grown in its, and reaches to the heavens and your dominion to the ends of the earth. And inasmuch as the king saw a watcher, a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, and leave its stump and roots in the ground, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let him graze with the beasts of the field till the seven times pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my lord the king. They shall drive you from men. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven and seven times shall pass over you till you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. And as much as he gave the command to leave the stump and the roots in the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you after you come to know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar 
At the end of 12 months, he was walking about in the royal palace of the kingdom. The king spoke, saying, Is it not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power, for the honor of my majesty? While the word was still in the king's mouth, and a voice fell from heaven, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and they shall drive you, sorry, and and they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make your you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men, and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour the word of the Lord was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like the eagle's feathers and his nails like birds' claws. And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was resorted to my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways are justice. And those who walk in pride, he shall or he is able to put down. Chapter five, Belshazzar, the king made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in the presence of the thousand. While he tasted the wine, Belshazzar gave a command to bring the gold and silver vessels, which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple, which had been in Jerusalem, that the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought the gold vessels that had been taken from the temple of the house of God, which had been in Jerusalem, and the king and his lords and his wives and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver and bronze and iron, wood and stone. In the same hour, the fingers of the man's hand of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace, and the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the Lord's, then the king's countenance changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his hips were loosened and his knees knocked against each other. The king cried aloud to bring in astrologers, the Chaldeans and soothsayers. The king spoke saying to the wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and tells me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck and he shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Now all the king's wise men came, but they could not read the writing and make known to the king its interpretation. Then King Belshazzar was greatly troubled and his countenance was changed and his lords were astonished. The queen, because of the words of the king and his lords, came to the banquet hall. The queen spoke saying, O king, live forever. Do not let 
your thoughts trouble you, nor let your countenance change. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, the father, your father, the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. Inasmuch as an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel, whom the king made Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will give the interpretation. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Are you that Daniel who is one of the captives from Judah, whom my father the king brought from Judah? I have heard of you, that the Spirit of God is in you, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom were found in you. Hmm. Now, the wise men, the astrologers, have been brought in before me, that they should read this writing and make known to me its interpretation, but they could not give me the interpretation of the thing. And I have heard of you, that you can give interpretation and explain enigmas. Now, if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed purple and have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Yet I will read the writings to the king and make known to him the interpretation. Goodness gracious. O king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, a kingdom, a majesty, glory, and, and honor. And because of the majesty that he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. Whomever, whomever he wished, he executed. Whomever he wished, he kept alive. Whomever he wished, he set up. And whomever, and whomever, and whomever he wished, he put down. But when the spirit was lifted up and his spirit was hardened in pride, he was deposed from this kingly throne and they took his glory from him. Then he was driven from the sons of men. His heart was made like beasts and his dwelling was like the wild donkeys. They fed him with grass like oxen and his body was wet with the dew of heaven until he knew that the most high God rules in the kingdom of men and appoints over it whomever he chooses. But you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart. Although you knew all this and you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven, they have brought the vessels of his house before you and you and your lords, your wives and your concubines have drunk wine from them. And you have praised the gods of silver and gold, bronze and iron, wood and stone, which do not see or hear or know and know who holds the breath in his hand and owns all your ways and have not glorified. Then the fingers of the hand were sent from him and this writing was written. And in this inscription that was written, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Parson. This is the interpretation of each word. Mene, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom has been divided, given to the Medes and the Persians. 
Then Belshazzar gave the command, and they clothed Daniel with purple and put a chain of gold around his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler of the kingdom. Uh, that very night, Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. Chapter 6. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, to be over the whole kingdom, and over there three governors whom Daniel was one that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. And these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and thus said to him, King Darius live forever. All the governors of his kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Hold on a second. Something I just wanted to write down here. Verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom these early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any God or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into a den of lions? The king answered and said, This thing is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said to him, that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard to you, O king, or for <clears throat> the decree that you signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till going down of the sun to deliver him. And these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. Hmm. So the king gave the command and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, 
whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mount at on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went into his palace and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him. Also, his sleep went from him. And the king arose very early in the morning, went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with lamenting, with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve, continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths so that they have not hurt me, because I have found because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and the commandment that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatsoever was found on him because he believed in his God. And the king gave the command and they brought those men who had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. And the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. Then Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lion. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. We'll read one more chapter, chapter seven. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head while on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream telling the main facts. Daniel spoke saying, I saw in my vision by night and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea and four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I watched till its wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man and a man's heart was given to it. And suddenly another beast, a second, like a bear, was raised up on one side and had three ribs in his mouth between his teeth. And they said thus to it, arise, devour much flesh. After this, I looked and there was another, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings like a bird. The beast also had four heads and dominion was given to it. After this, I saw in night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking it in pieces and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns 
And there was another horn, a little one, coming up from among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out of plucked out by the roots, and there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. I watched till sorry, I watched till thrones were put in place, and the ancient of days was seated, and his garment was white as snow, and his hair sorry, and the hair of his head was was like pure wool. His throne was like a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. A fire stream issued and came forth from before him, and thousand and a thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. As I watched then, because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking, I watched till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given a burning flame. As for the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds. Sorry, coming with the clouds of heaven, he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him, then to him, was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. Hmm. Verse 15, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit within my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near to one of those who stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings, which arise out of the earth, but the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever. Then I wished to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with its teeth of iron and its nails of bronze, which devoured broken pieces and trampled the residue with its feet, and the ten horns which were on its head, and the other horn which came up before which three fell, namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth, which spoke pompous words, who whose appearance was greater than his fellows. I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. Until the Ancient of Days came, and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all other kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth, trample it, and break it in pieces. The ten horns are ten kings, who shall arise from this kingdom, and another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the first ones, and shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change the times of the law. Sorry. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and 
times and a half a time. But the court shall be seated and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms and the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the most high. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. This is the end of the account. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly troubled me and my countenance changed and I kept the matter in my own heart. Whew. Let us stop right there. Um, we're going to spend a few moments just reflecting on this. If you are here for the first time, this is the reading rant. And what we do is we spend time in the reading of the word. We read for about 20 to 30 minutes, and then we spend about 20 to 30 minutes reflecting on the word. And we do this every morning, except for Fridays, every weekday morning, except for Fridays. And the intention really for me is to journey through the totality of scripture with you. I'm here to just read the Bible with you for you to see what it says. We're here to read through uh, from Genesis all the way to Revelation. We actually read Matthew to Revelation. And now we've been on a trek, on a long journey, a pilgrimage, if you will, through the entire uh, Old Testament. And on this pilgrimage, what we see in the center of the story if we read this appropriately, and I've always said this, is that we've got to first posture ourselves appropriately when we read, is we're reading a story of a people, a story about a people, about a people for all people, the children of Israel. These were the people of the promise. And so we see the origin of the people of the promise, which we find in Abraham, from Abraham to Jacob, sorry, from Abraham to Isaac, from Isaac to Jacob, Jacob was whose name was changed to Israel, Israel that now became a nation, 12 sons, 12 tribes, 12, um, these 12 tribes becoming from one family to one nation. And this nation, which found their way back to um, the promised land, Canaan, right, subdivided their land and became the, 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 the nation of Israel. Uh, the nation of Israel now having its own territory, its own place. And of course, this nation of Israel had kings. And along the way, these kings were not the representative kings that would execute the vision, the mission of God for the for Israel, for humanity. And that's really what first kings and second kings. I've always said this, that the book of kings is really should be a book of not those kings. Those weren't the kings. They didn't establish the kingdom of God. They were remnants of the kingdom of God. They had glimmers of the kingdom of God. But in the end, those kingdoms fell. Who did those kingdoms fall to? Those kingdoms fell to the Babylonians in the end. Babylon had attacked multiple times. And in the multiplicity of times that Babylon attacked, they took captives with them. They took these captives with them. Among those captives was Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet who spoke in captivity concerning, the, the, concerning what had transpired in Israel. Daniel is another one of those exiles. Unlike Ezekiel, however, Daniel thrived. Um, Daniel was among the first wave of exiles, which we find in, in, in uh, 1 Kings chapter 2. 
Daniel was among the creme de la creme, the cream of the crop. He was um, among the the good looking, the intelligent, the brilliant, the wise, the capable. And so Daniel was selected as one of those who would come to Babylon and to teach the Chaldeans the ways of Babylon, uh, sorry, the ways of the Hebrews, to teach them their culture, and to also participate in serving in the king's palace. These are things that we know so far up to this point about Daniel. But what you noticed so far as we read up to it, and you guys were with me, you guys read this with me, you guys have journeyed with me up to this point. What you read was, is you read how, by the way, it's it's Second Kings twenty four, not First Kings twenty four. I was like, wait, is it First Kings twenty four? No, it's Second Kings twenty four. What you read here is is how important it was that this particular narrative emphasized the importance of distinction, the importance of preserving identity. Daniel, who was a Hebrew, was had his name changed to Belteshazzar. Daniel is in a whole new culture. He's in a whole new context. He's in an entirely new environment. And yet Daniel still had the conviction of where he came from. And because he had the conviction of where he came from, Daniel preserved it. And what we talked about yesterday is how important it is that even when the dominant culture, the world, as you may Another terminology would be the gates of hell, right? The, the culture, when the culture offers you in exchange for your identity, its pleasures, when the culture offers you in exchange for your calling, the temporal, temporary pleasures, you must remain faithful to know that your identity is worth the pleasures, to know that who you are is worth more than whatever the world has to offer. This is so important, family. And you're going to see me say this over and over again, because this is a, this is an important element to the story. Who you are is profoundly more important than whatever anyone has to offer to you. Don't ever compromise who you are in exchange for something that is temporary. Don't ever compromise who you are to any person. Don't ever compromise who you are to the culture. And who you are is not a function of what people define you as. It's a function of who God has called you to be. And if you would just submit yourself to just hear the voice of God, to ask God about what he says concerning you, not what culture says, not what culture is trying to impose on you, but what God says you are. I'll tell you something right now. It propels you and moves you towards purpose like nothing else. Like nothing else. And there are many of us who our identities, for many of us, our identities are amalgamations of what your family taught you, what the culture imposes on you, what people say you are, what you grew up being told, what your teacher said you were when you were in school, what family said you were, what friends said you were. 
we have established an identity around what everyone has imposed on us. What if I told you that there's a time where you've got to deconstruct and dismantle all of that to get to the heart of the spirit of God in you that informs and calls you out, that your identity is not in what other people make you to be, but you have been made in the image of God according to his likeness. And when you get to know who you are and comfortable with who God has affirmed you to be, that's when God moves you towards purpose for his glory. I think a lot of us, we're still working through that. Your identity is in Christ, not in culture. Your identity is in who God has called you to be, not in culture. Anyway, I, I say all that because as we get to this part of the text, we notice here that Daniel did not compromise his identity. He didn't compromise the law that was given to him. He remained faithful to it and noticed that in remaining faithful to it, Daniel may not have had the comfort of Babylon, but he had authority in Babylon. So powerful. And that was really where we were at yesterday is Daniel may not have, may not have had the comfort, but he had authority. He had respect. Daniel was a ruler in Babylon even though Daniel was in exile in Babylon. I'll tell you something right now. For those of us who chase comfort, we may be, we may be chasing comfort at the cost of authority. We, We may be chasing comfort at the cost of respect, holiness, honor. And I say that because a lot of us, that is our idol, right? We, we, we chase comfort and we want that. We, we don't want to go against the grain. <laughs> we don't, we don't want to go against the, the, the culture. We don't want to do that because it's uncomfortable. At the end of the day, we want to be liked, right? I mean, who doesn't want to be liked? The only problem is, is that in the end, you can be liked and have no authority and no power. But Daniel held on to it. And in doing so, Daniel has been respected, a reputable man among the exiles, an exile with authority, an exile with power, an exile who's been given position. And we see this over and over again as we read it. Daniel is now has now become the interpreter of dreams. <laughs> he's been given the wisdom and notice what he's known for. He's known for the one who has a spirit of the holy God. Notice Daniel served God, Yahweh, the one true God. While the Babylonians may have served a multiplicity of gods, this is a polytheistic culture. So they've got their own gods because that's what we do. I mean, we are polytheistic, even though you will say, I believe in one God. We really have many gods that we serve, many idols that we serve. And each one has our own gods. And, you know, Nebuchadnezzar has his own God. Belshazzar has his own God. And yet Nebuchadnezzar, even though he served his own God, acknowledged that the God that Daniel served had authority over the God that he served. And when he finally had a dream, 
that troubled him. Because I've always said this, God, you don't need to be saved for God to speak to you. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to believe in God for God to speak to you. God is always speaking. Oh, man, this is going to get tough for a second. God speaks through his creation. He speaks through his people. He will speak in visions and dreams. You don't need, you know, I need to, I need to get deep, deep, deep into God. When God wants to speak, God speaks and God will speak to anyone saved or not. (laughs) God speaks to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar doesn't even believe in him. Not to this point but believes on him, believes in the authority that he has, believes in the power through Daniel. But Nebuchadnezzar doesn't submit to this God. He's prideful. He's his own God. Nebuchadnezzar's running his own life. He's doing his own thing. Daniel's God, it, it is It is what it is. But then God speaks to him and God reveals to him that Remember, we said this, Bob, we read this in Ezekiel. So just in case you guys didn't miss it, but we read this in Ezekiel. God revealed to Ezekiel that he was giving the Babylonians authority and power to overtake Israel and to overtake Egypt and Ethiopia and the other nations that were around Israel. Right? God said he gave them the authority. God was using these people to execute his justice, to reset things, to make things right. And so God is still intimately engaged and involved with whatever's going on in Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. Y'all catching what I'm saying here. And and, and notice, I want you guys to pay, pay very, 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 very close attention to this fam. Nebuchadnezzar is growing in might, growing in power growing in, in in influence, growing in capacity, growing but through the will and the spirit of God. But Nebuchadnezzar doesn't believe in God. Nebuchadnezzar doesn't even practice. He doesn't practice the law. Nebuchadnezzar is not he, he's, he's, he's not, he's not Jewish. He, he's not Hebrew. He's not an Israelite. How is he, how is he growing in influence and how is he growing in all this? Part of God's plan. God's plan. And as Nebuchadnezzar grows, because sometimes we, this is kind of how we think sometimes is, is we grow simply or God blesses simply out of how faithful we are to him. But here's a man that God is blessing because God's God's plan is way bigger than this man and this individual. God's plan is way bigger than Nebuchadnezzar. We don't have enough time to break this down. That's why I'm because I got I only got a couple of minutes. I always say that I only got a couple of minutes, but I want to make sure y'all hear what I'm saying here. Is Nebuchadnezzar is being blessed with influence and with power. But there's one last thing that Nebuchadnezzar needs to know. You didn't get here by your own ability and by your own power. You, you're not submitted because you didn't get here because of, you know, 
your brilliance and your wisdom and your capacity. You got here simply because I permitted you to. And so he has this dream. And in the end, Daniel comes in and, and interprets the dream. And in interpreting the dream, Daniel exposes to Nebuchadnezzar. My brother, you've gotten this far. But understand, it was God that got you here. And maybe you're going to need to go through a season to realize that you only got this far because God got you here. Of course, he didn't believe that. And so Daniel says, here's what's going to happen. He's going to come down. The tree's going to cut down. And then when the tree cuts down, you're going to see you didn't have any power up to this point. This was never you. Oh, how quickly the Lord can humble those of us who want to give ourselves credit for where we've gotten and what we've done and how we've gotten to what we've gotten to not realizing that we're just part of a grand plan of what God is doing. And of course, we know what happens. Nebuchadnezzar, uh, he basically turns into a beastly man. His hair grows, his nails are growing. He's, he's, just, he's just become a beast. He humbles himself and he's restored again. And I love it. There's, a, there's so many messages in here. If the preachers aren't here, pay close attention. He chops it down, but he says, leave the stump. That's a word by itself. For some of you, God has chopped you down, but he has not taken out your roots. God has chopped you down, but he hasn't taken out the source. Did y'all hear me? Some of you, God has chopped you down. You feel like you've lost everything, but you have not lost the source. You, you may feel like you've lost, you know, your position or you've lost a title or you've lost whatever you feel like you've lost. Understand that if God doesn't cut off the root, then it has potential to grow again. Maybe there's a season in which the tree needs to get cut so that you can humble yourself and know that the source of what got you there was God himself. Of course, Nebuchadnezzar comes to that realization and he's restored and he honors God as the, 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 the true God, the one above all gods. And then you have Belshazzar, his son. And of course, Daniel interprets his dream. Belshazzar, who in his pride takes from the... Uh, from the holy, the 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 the, um, the holy um, uh, accoutrements in the temple. Remember, when they when they when they ransacked the temple, they took all the gold, the silver, the cups, all the stuff that was there in the temple. They took it back and put it in their treasury and their reserves. And now Belshazzar took it and started an orgy with it. So you know, you know, you know, you know this this stuff is can be a little PG, but, you know, we know what the parties look like when these guys threw parties. And so they desecrated the holy items. And desecrating the holy items, he sees a writing on the wall. That's where the term, the writing on the wall. If anybody ever want, wants to know, where does the term writing on the wall come from? He saw the writing on the wall. Whenever you hear that term, it actually comes from this scripture that we just read. Um, in Daniel chapter five, 
And the writing on the wall was Mayday, Mayday, take care of Parson, which then they called Daniel. And Daniel came and interpreted it, saying God has numbered your kingdom and has finished it. It's over. God has weighed and judged the balances and has found you to be unjust. That's what it means, and wanting, found wanting, unjust. And so your kingdom will be divided between the Medes and the Persians. You say your kingdom's over. It's about to be torn apart. And then, of course, that same night, Belshazzar falls. Darius becomes king. Darius takes over the kingdom. And then Darius assigns over this, this empire 120 satraps, which are basically those who are kind of uh, called mayors, those who, you know, ran the, the, the provinces and principalities. And then there were three governors, and Daniel was one of those three governors. The satraps were under the governors. So you've got, you got Darius, you've got three governors, and you've got the rest of the government. This is how high Daniel has been elevated in influence and power. Let me make sure you understand this. But Daniel has not compromised his faith. Daniel has not compromised his identity. Up to this point, Daniel has not compromised any of that. As a matter of fact, he continues to be elevated in it. Elevated it, even though he doesn't get to enjoy the comfort of it. I want to just point one thing and then because I got to go and there's so much I could rant. I could, by the way, this particular portion of text, this needs to be like a sermon series. Okay. But I just want to just point one thing, one word of encouragement. And I kind of quickly highlighted it before um, as we read it. Before I, before I say that, I just want to say one thing. I hope y'all noticed Daniel's vision and Daniel's dream. The dream that troubled him so much that he just, he said, man, I'm not even going to tell nobody about this. The dream that he couldn't interpret for himself. So here's the man who can interpret dreams. But now he has a dream that he can't interpret. Side note for a second. God has uniquely gifted us to be interdependent and not self-sufficient. I want you to hear this very, very, very carefully, family. That God assigns gifts in ways in throughout the whole body and through people in a way for people to need each other. Have you ever noticed how it's easy for you to help someone, to give someone advice, it's like it's, it's so clear to you about what this person needs, how sometimes you can pray for someone and that person can experience healing. But then when you pray for yourself, you can't find healing. Or when you when whenever you're going through an issue, somehow you can't figure it out for yourself. Have you noticed that? That's because that's how God designed it. God never designed you to be self-sufficient. God designed you to be interdependent. What God designed you to do is he made you strong for you to help someone else, not yourself. And when you are weak and in need, he's given someone else inspired strength to help you. 
He designed us uniquely to be interdependent. Which is why you can't do faith alone. That's why we have to gather together. That's why we need one another. That's why we need each other. That's why when we pray, it's easy to pray for others, but then for ourselves, sometimes it's hard because God has designed us to need each other. Are y'all catching me here? Notice Daniel can pray. Daniel can prophesy. Daniel can interpret for everybody else. But then when he has a vision, Daniel's like, wait, what is this? What does this mean? He couldn't even quickly get it. He needed an angel to come and, and visit him. And the angel comes and, and visits him and gives him the interpretation of the dream. And notice this interpretation of the dream points us to Revelation. <laughs> points us to the book of Revelation, which we won't get to now. But notice that this dream is actually a foreshadow of Christ. It's a foreshadow of what is to come. Daniel receives a prophetic vision of the coming of Jesus and doesn't even, he's like, man, I'm just going to just keep this to myself. And this is really emblematic of the Old Testament. The Old Testament is Jesus yet to be revealed. The New Testament is Jesus revealed. This, is, this gives you an insight into what the Israelites were aspiring towards, what they were, you know, what they were um, praying for, what they, what they were believing in, this new future. These are images that, they, that they're seeing here of this kingdom that is to be established and this messianic leader, this, this, this Messiah who is to come. They're waiting for it. And now you can understand why they have this anticipation even in Jesus's time. But anyway, that's another conversation for another day. I just wanted to point that out because chapter seven is a big deal. Chapter seven is a big deal. Chapter seven is a whole series Bible study in and of itself. But I just want to leave you with one thought with the five minutes I got. Leave you with one thought. And it's in... Uh, Daniel chapter 5, verse 13. And I'm going to read it because I want I want you to, because this is so important for many of us today. It says, then Daniel was brought in before the king. And this is Belshazzar. After the feast, the king spoke and said to Daniel, are you the Daniel who is of the captives from Judah? whom my father, the king, brought from Judah. I have heard of you, that the spirit of God is in you, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. This is a word of encouragement. It's not about where you're from. It's about what's in you. It's not about where you came from. It's not about your background. It's not, it's not about how your dad raised you, how your mom raised you. It's not about the fact that you might have come from the hood or from the trailer park or from poverty. It may be that you didn't have a father. It may be that you didn't have a mother. It may be that you were rejected as a child. Where you came from does not dictate where you are going. 
you have the power to overcome whatever you came from. Because it's not where you're from, it's what's in you. And maybe for those of us who are still battling with where we came from and what we did not have in our past, maybe what we should be chasing after is how we can be filled with the Spirit of God that inspires us to become who God has called us to be. Where you came from does not block your destiny. You are still destined. And I read this because it's so important because notice where he started. He said, are you that Daniel who is one of the captives from Judah? He said, are you, are you one of the illegal immigrants? Are you, are you one of those that we brought in from, from Judah? You know, one of them second class citizens. Are you one of those whom my father, the king, brought? Are you are you one of them? Are you one of them? One of them. That's what I'm going to call this episode. One of them. Are you one of them? He says, I've heard of you. I didn't just hear about what you where you came from. I heard about what's in you. He says, I've heard of you that the spirit of God is in you and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Are you one of them? There's some of us that we, we, we're one of them. And people are wondering how we got to where we are. It was not by our powers, not by our might. It was not by our background. It was not by where we came from. It was not by where we were educated. We didn't go to the best schools. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody right now. There are some places God is taking you. It's got nothing to do with where you came from. As a matter of fact, if it was, if it had anything to do with where you came from, you wouldn't be where you are today. There's some people that are in some positions right now. If it had anything to do with your background, the school that you went to, the family that you grew up in, the your hometown, if it had anything to do with any of that, you would not be where you are today. It was because of what was in you, not where you were from. It was because of the spirit of God in you that inspired you and gifted you, that brought you to new places. You see, here's the problem. A lot of us are still looking at our past, thinking that our past keeps us from going to where God wants us to go. But what if I told you that it is not what you, where you're from that dictates where God wants to take you, but the spirit of God in you that takes you there it is not by your power, not by your might, but by his spirit. Oh, you're getting there, not because of where you came from, but because of what's in you. It's what's in you. Daniel is not, if anything, where Daniel came from does not get him in front of this king. Where Daniel came from is not what's getting him to be a voice of wisdom and insight. It's what's in him that matters. And there are those of us here today. We're letting people tell us who we are because of where we came from. Too many of us today are taking the stuff that people say about our past and are using it as a means to prohibit where God wants to take us. Too many of us are taking people's words, are taking what people say, 
Aren't you the guy who came from this place and from that place? Aren't you the guy who came from the hood? Aren't you the guy who came from the trailer park? Aren't you the guy who came from, man, I know your dad. I know your mom. I, I know y'all. I know where y'all came from. I know your people. Not realizing that we're taking what people say about our past and using it as a way to prohibit where God wants to take us. Maybe we got to stop thinking about where we came from and start thinking about it's not about where we came from, but what's in us. It's what's in us. And if it's the spirit of God that's in us, nothing from our past can prohibit us from getting to where God wants to take us. Maybe y'all remember this. Remember they talked about Jesus and the guys who were in Nazareth said, isn't this the carpenter's son? Like Jesus, aren't you? It, Jesus from Nazareth? What good comes out of Nazareth? Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Isn't it? Isn't it the carpenter's son? A carpenter from Nazareth? Y'all gonna listen to him? Daniel, the exile, y'all going to listen to him? David, the shepherd, the shepherd boy, y'all going y'all going to listen to him and make him king? Stop looking at your past, fam. It's not about where you came from. It's about what's in you one of them for all of us who are one of them thank the Lord for the spirit of God who is in us Father I thank you Lord that we are not discredited for our past or for where we came from or for our background but rather we are given affirmation and credibility to what is in us Father fill each and every person who is hearing this right now with your spirit Father I pray right now They'll be filled with the spirit of God, Lord, to move as you move, to do as you do. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Love y'all, fam. <laughs>